The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month... At approximately 7 p.m. on Sunday, July 6, 2008, ACB President Mitch Pomerantz called to order the 47th Annual Convention of the American Council of the Blind. After some opening ceremonies and speeches, President Pomerantz presented his annual report to the Assembly. Ladies and gentlemen, let me call to order the 47th Annual Convention of the American Council of the Blind. We have gathered here in the city of Louisville, Kentucky, at our 47th annual national convention to practice and uphold the principles of grassroots democracy and individual freedom of thought and action that the founders of our organization were seeking when they walked out of the 1961 NFB convention to begin the process of forming ACB. I want to begin by referring to the title of a favorite Frank Sinatra tune. It was a very good year. Overall, ACB's financial situation has improved dramatically. Every organization needs cash reserves. For the first half of 2007, ACB's reserves were around $300,000. Not good for an organization with a million-dollar-plus annual budget. Since last August, the American Council of the Blind has received four bequests in excess of six figures. The board took advantage of our good fortune by increasing ACB's designated reserves to something over $1 million. Our history tells us that lean times will come again, but when they do, ACB will be in a far better position to deal with them. We are going to honor those individuals and organizations that have contributed $100,000 or more to ACB with a plaque which will be prominently displayed in our national office. One of my goals for this past year was to hire a full-time development director to manage ACB's fundraising activities. On May 1st, Dina Wilson began her employment with us. This is a huge step for our organization in competing for those elusive corporate foundation and individual dollars. Ms. Wilson will make ACB competitive with other not-for-profit organizations, something which is essential for our continued existence. <laughs> 
While ACB is taking a more professional approach to fundraising, I feel strongly that our members must share in this effort as well. The MMS program is experiencing slow, albeit steady, growth. Altogether, through June, 144 individuals are contributing just under $50,000 annually to ACB and our state and special interest affiliates. ACB alone is receiving approximately $3,100 per month, or slightly over $37,000 per year. Our affiliates are receiving a bit over $1,000 per month, or around $12,000 per year. Those figures are okay, especially given the relatively small number participating in the MMS program. Ladies and gentlemen, we can and must do better if you believe in the work of the American Council of the Blind. Please take some time to see Dina Wilson or Dr. Ron Milliman, the MMS chairperson, and sign up. Since we're talking about money, let's recognize ACB's tremendous victory on May 20th in the D.C. Appellate Court. As most everyone knows by now, the court upheld the decision in district court supporting our contention that the U.S. Treasury Department is in violation of the Rehabilitation Act by failing to provide meaningful access to currency for blind and visually impaired persons. The publicity ACB has received in this nation's newspapers, on radio and television, and via the Internet has been overwhelmingly positive toward the ruling and our organization. I'd like to read a quote from the decision which puts this fight and our victory in proper perspective. Quote, the Secretary's argument is analogous to contending that merely because the mobility impaired may be able either to rely on the assistance of strangers or to crawl on all fours in navigating architectural obstacles, they are not denied meaningful access to public buildings. Such dependence is anathema to the stated purpose of the Rehabilitation Act and places the visually impaired at a distinct disadvantage in two-way transactions involving paper currency." End quote. Even before the appellate court ruling, every member of this organization knew that if 180 countries around the world can make their legal tender accessible to their blind citizens, the good old U.S. of A. can do so as well.
Regardless of whether the Treasury Department appeals this decision, I am absolutely certain that the United States will have currency which is completely identifiable to us, perhaps not right away, but sooner than most people think. Unlike the misguided and disingenuous position of the National Federation of the Blind, which believes that blind and visually impaired persons can attain full equality by purchasing yet another expensive gadget, we know that blind and visually impaired persons will benefit from and truly want paper money we can identify without having to rely on sighted friends, family members, or strangers. Speaking of violations of the Rehabilitation Act, in April, ACB achieved an initial victory in U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California against the Social Security Administration. Despite countless requests from blind and visually impaired beneficiaries, SSA has refused to provide correspondence and other written information in accessible formats. The issue under consideration is whether SSA has an obligation under the Rehab Act to do so without regard to whether blindness is the basis for receiving benefits. The court order holds SSA is so obligated, and it is likely the decision will be appealed, meaning that the case will go to trial at some point. It's amazing to me that 35 years after passage of the Rehabilitation Act, there are still federal agencies like the Social Security Administration which do not understand that the law applies to them. It does, and we will prove it in federal court. I want to acknowledge the outstanding work of two of the hardest-working attorneys I know, Laney Feingold and Linda Dardarian. It is through their efforts that ACB members can celebrate accessible automated teller machines and point-of-sale machines at banks and other business establishments. Since last July, ACB has signed new agreements with 7-Eleven to install 5,000 tactile POSs by June 30, 2009. With Rite Aid to make its website W3C accessible and in a second agreement to install tactile point-of-sale machines in 6,000 stores nationwide.
with Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion to make credit reports available online and in accessible formats that comply with WC3 guidelines, as well as in Braille, large print, and audio formats by the end of the year. We and many of our affiliates continue to be involved in ongoing monitoring of previous agreements, including those with Walmart, Radio Shack, and Safeway. We continue to track talking ATM agreements with Bank of America and Washington Mutual, and our agreement with the city and county of San Francisco, which to date has seen over 500 accessible pedestrian signals installed. <laughs> Laney and Linda, along with ACB, are pioneers in this area by avoiding costly and divisive litigation, a strategy that others in the disability community would do well to emulate. On May 1st, ACB participated in a very important congressional hearing in Washington. As a founding member of the Coalition of Organizations for Accessible Technology, COAT, ACB put several months of intensive effort into this hearing before the House Energy and Commerce Committee's Subcommittee on Telecommunications and the Internet. This subcommittee heard from members of the disability community, including a representative of ACB, on the impact of largely inaccessible consumer electronics. Our representative, Sergeant Major Jesse Acosta, an Iraq War veteran from Southern California, is at the convention, and I hope at this opening session. Are you here, Jesse? Sergeant Major, that round of applause is both for your service to ACB and your service to this country. understand that Jesse's testimony was outstanding. It was well received by subcommittee members. And subsequently, H.R. 6320, the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act of 2008, was introduced by Markey of Massachusetts and Wilson of New Mexico. 
That bill would amend the Communications Act to ensure that new Internet-enabled telephone and television services are accessible to and usable by people with disabilities and closes existing gaps in telecommunications law. The feeling around Washington is that we have a very good chance of seeing that bill enacted during this session of Congress. It will only happen, though, with your help. Increasingly, ACB's input is being sought out and taken seriously by governmental entities and lawmakers. Our influence in Washington and throughout the blindness community is likewise growing. On June 23rd, ACB and other organizations offered testimony at a hearing convened by the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration of the U.S. Department of Transportation concerning the effect that quiet cars are beginning to have on the safety and independence of blind and visually impaired people. Along with talking about this problem, we are supporting H.R. 5734, the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act of 2008, even though ACB did not introduce it. The language in 5734 mirrors that which ACB drafted, and those of you who attended this year's legislative seminar discussed with your congressional representatives. The growing popularity of hybrid automobiles poses a sufficiently serious threat to all of us that ACB must actively seek passage of this legislation regardless of who was first to introduce it. While on the topic of pedestrian safety, I also want everyone to know that Debbie Grubb, who was largely responsible for drafting ACB's first pedestrian safety handbook, has agreed to update that excellent document for us. Yet another area in which ACB must exert our influence centers on the congressional effort to drastically alter the Randolph-Shepard vending program. S3112-NZ of Wyoming would introduce sweeping changes to the existing statute, and several of those changes would be catastrophic. ACB will work closely with the Randolph-Shepard Vendors of America and the Blind Entrepreneurs Alliance to remove those harmful provisions from the bill and advocate on behalf of those proposals which will enhance the Randolph-Shepard Act by guaranteeing its viability for decades to come. Again, thanks to ACB's improved finances, we are publishing 12 issues of the Braille Forum for the first time in three years. Our magazine is read by thousands of blind people, not to mention the thousands of sighted individuals who are sincerely interested in what the American Council of the Blind is thinking and doing. On June 24th, 
the House Appropriations Subcommittee on the Legislative Branch voted to allocate $34.5 million for the Digital Talking Book Program. This was wholly unexpected given previous strong opposition to increasing funding for the National Library Service beyond the original requested $12.5 million. If this level of funding clears the remaining legislative hurdles, the transition from cassette to digital format will take place in three rather than the four or even six years to complete had the lesser amount been allocated. We went to Capitol Hill and we said the National Library Service needed this allocation and we got it. We are being heard. In the same week, the House, totally out of left field, passed H.R. 3195, the ADA Restoration Act. While it does include language we recommended addressing low vision aids, web accessibility language we proposed was not considered. It is unclear whether the Senate version of this legislation, which differs somewhat from the House bill, will be taken up during this session of Congress. We have finalized arrangements for the 2009 President's Meeting and Legislative Seminar. Both activities will take place from February 20 through 24 at the Holiday Inn Crystal City, very near Washington National Airport. Room rates are $119 per night across the board. We wanted to get the word out as soon as possible so that you could begin planning to attend. While running for president last summer, I indicated that I wanted to make the Washington Connection available in Spanish. I soon discovered that our existing phone system could not handle additional message boxes, so the Spanish language connection would have to wait until we had a more modern system. I'm pleased to tell you that it appears very likely ACB will have that new telephone system in place later this summer. Since I'd already found someone, prematurely as it turned out, to handle the Spanish translation, my expectation is that this will happen shortly after the phone system is in operation. By now, most everyone is aware that in January, after a routine inquiry by the Board of Directors, DeMar Travel and Cruises notified ACB that it was terminating its contract with us. While unfortunate, the decision was strictly that of the DeMar management. Subsequently, we gathered the names of travel agencies from around the country and issued a letter requesting proposals 
relative to becoming ACB's travel consultant. Also, unfortunately, largely due to the current economic downturn, it appears that none of the organizations from whom we received proposals were willing and able to offer the level of service ACB members had come to expect at a reasonable cost. As such, for at least this year, we will not be offering cruise opportunities. We will continue searching for an experienced travel agent and will keep you updated on our efforts. I do, however, want to let everyone know that Dimensions in Travel, the travel agency which arranges cruises for guide dogs for the blind, has offered its services to ACB members. The agency will rebate to us $25 for travel booked through it, which exceeds $1,500 in value, and where the person booking indicates their affiliation with ACB. While Dimensions in Travel was not able to meet our terms for conducting cruises at the present time, this is an offer which may benefit many of you and will provide some revenue to ACB. Please take advantage of this offer the next time you are planning a vacation or business trip. I have now served as your president for one year, and I am so gratified and encouraged by the support I've received to date. This organization is only as strong as our 70-plus state and special interest affiliates and the approximately 20,000 men and women comprising the membership of the American Council of the Blind. Every one of you has my commitment and the commitment of the Board of Directors that we will do everything in our power to continue fostering the democratic legacy left to us by our founders. It is my strongly held belief that the American Council of the Blind is the only truly grassroots consumer advocacy organization remaining in the nation today. We have a tremendous responsibility, an obligation even, to strengthen and grow ACB in order to nurture this democratic legacy. My vision for ACB's future is based upon our history and heritage, which upholds the twin ideals of true democracy and an abiding belief in the individual abilities and capabilities of blind people. The American Council of the Blind stands poised on the threshold of real greatness as the preeminent consumer voice of all blind and visually impaired persons, not just of a fortunate elite. I trust you will agree that this is a vision worthy of ACB and that you will help to promote this vision whenever and wherever possible and to everyone you know. Thank you and take care.
You've been listening to the annual report of the president delivered by ACB President Mitch Pomerantz at the 47th Annual Convention of the American Council of the Blind on July 6th in Louisville, Kentucky. You can hear the full report of President Pomerantz along with all of the general session programs of the convention on the convention page at acb.org. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.